All right, Vinny Fisher here back with an awesome show of Total CEO. Hey, guys, listen, you know, one of the things that always talk about in world is growth and scale of your business. There's so many ways to do it. I'll, I'll be completely transparent. The way I've always done it is to look at and replicate other people's models or things that people have done before me and make my better version of it and continue to build but not acquire. The, I want to tell you, though, I'm learning in my young age that there are other ways to grow and scale your business because if you're in a good industry or a niche, you shouldn't be alone. And as a result of that, there are other people trying to do what you do. Well, I have a great guest on the show that wants to open our eyes up to another way to grow and scale your business. And I have a dear friend, a brother in Christ, who's on the phone with us and on our show today here live on this video, Luke, Luke Havard, I just want to welcome you to the show. Hey, Vinny. Thanks for having me, my friend. I, I love here. it. Hey, Luke, what we do at the beginning of our show is we do a little bit of bragging about you, like who the heck you are, like why the heck we should listen to you. While people are going through their, all right, let's check this dude out. They could go to lukehavard.com, right? Yep. Yeah, that's right. And that's H-A-V-A-R-D, right? Luke Havard.com. Yeah. Awesome. All right, yeah. Luke, before we dive into some really awesome questions about your model and maybe your conversion, I'm looking forward to talking about that with everybody. Could you just give us a 40,000 foot view of Luke and what's going on and who you are and why we should listen to you? Yeah, absolutely. Would you like me to talk a little bit about my background and how I've come to where I am now? Or? Whatever gets us to the point where we can start. Like, I think yeah. like people need to know a framing of, of why we're listening to you. Yeah. Okay. So I have a, a consulting background. And I used to work with small to mid-sized businesses, helping them to scale their business using uh, digital marketing and business growth strategies. And I realized along that way that, listen, I'm, I'm helping you know, some of these customers and clients of mine to achieve sig some significant results and they're generating s substantial wealth in their business. Yeah. However, I'm kind of getting paid some you know, uh, handsome fees, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm getting paid peanuts in the, the grand scheme of things. And it kind of dawned on me one day when one of my uh, mentors kindly said to me, listen, Luke, you know, consulting fees are all well and good and that, but they'll pay the bills, whereas investing will make you rich. And that was like the kind of slap across the face I needed to wake me up and to realize, listen. All right, I'm so let me stop you right there. Can I yeah. stop you right there? So yeah. here you are getting paid a handsome fee, whatever that is, right? Everyone's level of what their hourly rate and what their fees are are what they are, right? So I'm not going to say charge double because you like everyone talks like just charge more. Yeah, so regardless of that, you were charging a handsome fee as a consultant mm -hmm. and you're like, wait a minute, I'm growing these businesses 10 X. I bring a ton of expertise to the mm -hmm. table. I have an opportunity to come alongside as a potential business partner and look at this deal way differently. Is that kind of what happened in your life? Yeah, absolutely. It just dawned on me. Listen, what's the difference between me saying, Hey, um, it, forget my fee. Yeah how, right. about I, yeah. how about I come on board and we share in the risk and the reward here? Um, because listen, you know, typical consulting deals work that, you know, you're the client, you've got to put up some risk by giving me, you know, a fee. And, you know, for me, at least I always wanted to deliver the results. And I was always in that position where if I didn't deliver the results, I'd refund the fee. And that genuinely is how I used to operate because you only need one bad report to, to, uh, you know, tarnish your reputation. All right, so let me ask you a question. What's the heart? Hey, we're going to go right in diet, right? Let's get dirty with this. I love this. By the way, I want to be very clear to my community. I have him on our show because he's awesome, and I want to do this to our business. 
So I need Luke's help to change this big old fat bald cranium into a different line of thinking. So Luke, I need your help, bro. So we're going to pick on me a lot today, but I want to help everybody in a a different, I'm a builder, not a buyer. Mm -hmm. So like, I am a consultant who's trapped with ridiculous expertise who like can trade. What'd you just say? Risk and reward. I love Mm. it. So Mm. when you were going through this conversion, what demon did you have to keep fighting every day that was happening to you during Mm. that process? Because eventually it worked. But what did you, what were you fighting during the early days, season one of this thought process that was fighting with you? Well, you talk to anyone about this type of scenario and everyone will say there's no possible way anybody is going to give you equity in their business. You know, for anyone listening who doesn't understand this, because I've had this conversation where some people say, no, I've done revenue. And it's like, no, 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 we're not talking about revenue share. We're talking about ownership in someone else's business. Now you're a shareholder alongside the owner. Most people sign documents to hold absolutely. You're, you're, you know, so when that business is exited or sold, you're on that um, path as well. And most people will tell you that's impossible. People don't do that. Um, and especially not a business that's profitable and successful. They'll say, okay, if it's in distress, you can do that, but you're never going to get equity in a profitable business. And that's BS because I've, we're just currently involved in a deal right now where we're getting 80% of a multiple. Did you say eight zero? I'm just working through that wonderful British lovely accent of yours. You said eight zero. 80%, of an of a, um, a multiple seven figure business without putting any cash in up front. And because at the end of the day, the reason you can do this and how I had to overcome that objection in my own mind, as well as other people telling me it wasn't possible is because, you know, we believe that no one will do that because people's biggest motivation obviously is money. It's not. People have different motivations. So when it comes to acquiring equity in a business or even acquiring a business at an undervalued price, uh, you know, people's motivations are different. I believe the, probably the biggest motivation is freedom and time you know because you can always make more money you can't always have more time you can only be more uh, strategic with your time okay so that was like the biggest obstacle i just you know it was like i believed i could do it. i knew that i uh, provided value i absolutely knew it but i just i worried that people were gonna say no i'm not gonna do that there's no way i'm gonna do it and the moment that i jumped in full tilt and said listen I absolutely am convinced I can provide you the value because of all of these other clients and customers. So did that happen before or after your first deal? That happened in the midst of my first deal. Okay. So you actually saw the vision of one of them working and the light bulb kicked in? Yeah. I mean, I, I had this, uh, you know. Because sometimes we have to see it, right? Where yeah. Absolutely. The first sale is the hardest one. Yeah. I mean, I got all these clients that I'd worked with before. I had testimony after testimony of, yep. of you know, happy customers. And so I said, listen, look, here's the proof. Here's the, the proof is in the pudding. Here's what we've done before. Now, here's the thing. I thought, if there was a way of making this completely risk-free, a no-brainer, would you do the deal? And the owner said to me, listen, if you can remove the risk from this somehow, I'll do this deal with you. And I said, okay, cool. If I cannot achieve X, Y, Z result by this time frame, you can have the equity back. No harm, no foul. I won't leave it in any, I won't leave this business in a worse state than where it was found. So worst case scenario, you're in the same position as you are now. You're no worse off. You're no less, you're no money down. Um, So what's the worst thing that can happen? If we do this and it goes exactly as I plan it will, according to all the other businesses that we've worked with, then you're going to be in a much better position than you are right now. Plus, here's the difference. If If you're paying a consultant, sometimes what's in it for them as soon as they get their money well they got what they want so you know 
if you don't achieve all right so here's the alarm bells are going off in my head ready all right luke you're awesome at xyz mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i can't do this i don't yeah. have what you have so mm -hmm. how many objections do you hear about that okay so in terms of so if someone i'm just playing a little bit yeah yeah no, no, what people are saying wait a minute all right luke's a google adwords expert so what he's mm -hmm. going to do is go to non-digital businesses put a little digital love on them double them in size and he's a rock star of course he can pull this off what these are demons in people's heads what is the objection holding back like like what what does the business owner really want that we bring to the table like what why is these equity deals what's what's give me the walkthrough of how you help evaluate the deals that people should be looking at when making these does that make sense how i'm garbling yeah, out to you absolutely let, right. okay so let me let me walk you through it exactly yep. as i see it where the, the missing pieces for most people so there's two types of ways of looking at it it's not just consultants so that's just one side there's businesses that have really scaled and done something pretty unique in their space, okay? Yep. Um, for example, there might be a gym owner who set up a, a gym franchise and it's just grown and grown and grown. 99% of the other people out there have not had that success. Right. So you get someone who's already got a proven um, you know, model of something that works, you can then say, listen, you can either continue to grow your business as it is or one of the fastest ways for you to scale what you've got is to acquire equity in other businesses use the exact same steps that you've taken to grow your business and implement it into those other businesses. So here's the thing. Um, it's not what in a business, what I think is valuable is not what you sell. It's not the products and services. It's the, how you did it. You know, it's the, um, how, how did you go from zero to, you know, whatever you've got whatever, to. Right. Yep. That's the value. So if you can, uh, if you can figure out and, and you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Reverse engineer the process that you took and the steps to take your business from zero to multiple seven figures, that's the value. And if you can replicate that over and over and over again, when you can come in and prove to a business that you can do that for them, that's where, you know, essentially when you, and using the structure that we use, we can say to them, look, uh, there's no risk or foul here because we're going to make sure there's a disclaimer in this that you can claw back that equity had we not achieved the results we said we're going to and achieve. So for you guys, is most of your strategy bringing in a digital component yeah. and using like a, a branded sense and your Google expertise, is that how you guys approach most of your businesses? It, multiple things. I mean, it just really depends because here's the thing as well. When, when you look at it like this, when you know how to put together a great deal and you understand the business owner or the sector, you can bring in other people and actually help them to do the work for you. Right, because right. There could be other things that you know what to do. You know they're missing that component, but you're not the expert. So you bring someone else in. Cool. You, you become like, I guess, the, the, the CEO of that deal. And you say, look, I know what needs to happen for this business to scale. So I'm going to bring this person in, this person in. Because that business owner doesn't know what they don't, they don't know. Now, now, in a sense like that, will you bring them in and share equity with them? Or will you bring them in and pay them as like a hired consultant to do the work for you? Like, how will you play that? Either or. I mean, it, you, I've done deals like this. I'll give you an example. So, um, there was a supplement company. They, called, they reached out to me. This was a distress deal. They said, we're in distress. I won't disclose too much of the detail, but essentially they had a seven-figure amount of um, inventory stuck in a warehouse. They were going to go broke. It had a shelf life on it. it um, uh, they, they'd run out of money to do the marketing. So either way, they were in a lot of trouble. So I said, when well, this is within a 20-minute time period, so they reached out to me through Facebook, got on a phone call. Within 20 minutes later, I had 50% ownership of that business because I said, listen, 
what's the worst case scenario? We're going to go broke anyway. You know, we've got four months or something like that in terms of expiry date. So I said, hey, if I can help you to, to uh, sell this stock, this inventory, uh, you know, I, I said I could take 90% of this, but I'll take 50%. You know, we'll share in the risk and the reward. And then I got, went and found um, another digital marketer who specialized in that kind of uh, product. And I said, hey, will you market this product? He said, yeah, great. How much? And I said, well, I'm not going to pay you to do this. I'll give you 20, I'll give you 50% of my share, which would be 25% of the whole company. So around, it was around uh, $250,000 worth of stock. And I said, you'll get that. You put your money where your mouth is, you promote it. And if we scale it, then you've got 25% ownership within this business. Um, and he's like, that's pretty unique. And I said, cool, well, you've got nothing to lose to a certain extent. If you can do what you say you can do. So I essentially uh, delegated the risk to him and I own 25% of that whole company in that scenario. And the owner was like, listen, I've, I, I really don't know who else to turn to anyway. So as far as I could see it, we, we were doing him a favor, you know? Yeah, no, it's great. I get it. You're, you're taking advantage of your Rolodex. You're bringing in the expertise. I makes all complete sense. How many times do you strike out? Yeah, we have strikeouts. Yeah. You know, there's times where it doesn't work out the way you'd want it to. And I'll tell you why. And this comes down to due diligence. And, and by the way, we do deals with capital where we put capital in and not capital. And it really depends on the deal. There's no, there's no one size fits all. It just depends on the, the, the sector. So the did deal. you have to, once you changed your mindset from a consultant <clears throat> and, and you went through the hybrid phase and then went all in, mm, you know, mm. leverage my expertise, did you yeah. make a decision to go meet money? Yeah, well, listen, okay, so I'll give you a, a little bit more context. So I have, um, I'm a part of a private equity consortium. So there's me and there's people within uh, South Africa, Australia, the US. And so we all have unique skill sets and, um, you know, experience background. And some of those are investment banking backgrounds, private equity, capital, uh, hedge corporate, funds. corporate lawyers, that kind of stuff, right? Absolutely. So we, we all bring our, our unique skill sets and Rolodex. So we can access capital very easily and a lot, a lot of capital, not the small capital. We're talking the hundreds of millions, but those sort of deals, the deals that I'm looking at in terms of my own personal private portfolio are not the same as some of those bigger deals. And, and if you want me to, I'll go into a little bit more of an explanation of how I went from the smaller, um, you know, multiple seven figure deals. And we're looking at more eight figure plus deals now in terms of and how many of those eight figure deals do you have in your portfolio at this point? Do you have a couple eight figure deals? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've got a, we've got a couple in the works right now. Right, um, cool. in, in we multi- have more seven figure deals cause that's where you started than you do. eight I, figure deals. Personally. So I've got my own personal portfolio. Um, so I have more seven figure deals, but in terms of the consortium, it, it will be eight figure plus. I mean, it's so no- how long did it take you to, hmm. Okay, you're a consultant. We're both good at what we do, right? So I, I love talking about like what we do for businesses. Yeah. Then how long, I feel like this is like a personal story. We'll just talk about us. Why do I make it about anybody else, Luke? Let's just make it about ourselves. And so, <laughs> um, you know, how long, how long did you have to, in your mind, endure where you actually got that first deal on the board? Because, you know, you go through that doubt mind, right? Yeah, it's yeah, gonna yeah. Work, it's going to work. How long was that? 30, 60, 96 months? How long? It was around 90 days. And it's funny because that was the longest deal I've ever been involved yeah, in. in terms the first of, one's always the hardest, man. Yeah, because I, I dilly-dallied around. I said things I shouldn't have said. You know, there's sometimes when you should shut your mouth and not say anything. There's sometimes right, give you me should, an example of the thing you shouldn't say that you just, you, early on, you just didn't even, because you, like, like me, because I'll over-talk myself through things. What were mm. the things that you should, what were like, here guys, don't do this. If you hang up and you don't ever see me again, don't do this. What would be that advice? 
yeah, I now have a, a belief system that I don't, I don't tell people what equity piece I deserve or what I think I should have. I say, listen, what, can we, what how much, like, let me throw it to you as the business owner, based on the, uh, the results we believe that we can achieve for you right now, how much equity do you think that's worthy of? And I just shut up and let them talk. And that earlier example, I, I shot first and they said, oh, uh, I think I said, uh, you know, um, I wanted 20%. They said, oh, we were thinking we'd give you 30. Uh, okay. So I've just undersold myself because now I how many times does that work of the opposite where they, they look at their baby way better than you do. And they say five points. Uh, it actually, it doesn't, it doesn't happen anymore like that because, and the reason why is this, because, you know, I think the way that we position it now, especially when we're looking more at these kind of multiple eight figure deals. Can I ask we, you a question while you're answering that question? Yeah. Would you, with the advice you're about to give, is that the mm -hmm. same advice you'd give to season one? Because remember, you were now in season three of this. You've yeah. matured, right? Yeah. Looking through that advice, is this how you would attack season one? Because you're talking to people who you're encouraging, here's how you grow and scale. Go acquire competitors, come in to offer expertise, grow by value, not by just dollars. Is yeah. that what you, whatever you're about to say, is that what you would say to a season one person? Absolutely. Because okay, cool. here's the thing, here's the thing. Uh, I think sometimes we, under, we undervalue our, our, our value. Mm. You know? And that's what I realized that, listen, I had the evidence of showing that I'd been able to scale people to multiple eight figures before. And there I am, you know, underselling myself because I didn't really believe that that person would see that value. And it's just ridiculous when you think about it. But that's how we all think, especially if we're very humble and, you know, just, just a down to earth kind of person like you and I are. But you, you know, know what's funny is I, I'm a... You know, I think, you know, and my personality trait tends to be a dominant one, right? Mm -hmm. You know what the recessive trait of someone who's dominant is? It's that uh, isolated, potentially depressive mode, right? Yeah. So you start getting in your own head. You're like, I'm no value. Mm -hmm. No one likes me. And you're like, what are you talking about? Who's this yeah. other guy in your head? Yeah. Get him out yeah. of there because it's garbage. So it happens to guys like you and I, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think just over a span now. So but by the way, let me give you a bit more context. So yep. from the first deal I've ever done to now, we probably, we're talking like three and a half, four years. Okay. Like a, a bit of a time scale. And I've looked at probably, I'd say hundreds of different companies and, and you know, literally the, the exact summaries and don't out, throw that one out, throw that one out. So I've gone through loads of them. I've wasted time on deals. So now I have a criteria. Now I know what I'm looking for. Now I know what's good and bad. And so people will send me through on LinkedIn all the time. I think I've got over 6,000 you know, uh, people I'm connected to on LinkedIn. I'll get things sent through all the time. You wouldn't believe some of the things we get sent through from a small, you know, uh, four or five person business to- It's uh, almost like a shark tank. Uh, you, you wouldn't believe it, Vinny. I had someone the other day send me something through, which was basically uh, to- it was, it was, I'm not even exaggerating now, 600 million they wanted to buy a small island off the coast of Africa, okay? I mean, you wouldn't believe it. So I'm looking at that thinking, that sounds promising because it's actually easier to raise more than 50 million than it is to raise, you know, uh, 50,000. 50, Literally, it is. It's totally bizarre in our thinking, but there's more money out there in the world than, there, than you know, people And there is good ideas there. and there is opportunity, uh, right? Yeah, ain't that the so, truth, brother? So I would look at that deal and go, okay, that, that, there could be some promise in that. But to be quite frank, when you look through the exec summary, it's just absolute nonsense. They right. haven't done their numbers. And you know, being, in, being a numbers man, that it, that's when it, you know. Well, the, I have a numbers team, Luke. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay. I built this to fix my weaknesses, not necessarily my <laughs> <laughs> But for, for me, I think that's the, that's the thing that comes, comes to mind. It's like, 
you know what, you, you, look, you start looking through people's exact summaries, you start looking, you start asking those questions over and yeah. over again, and you can start to feel people out very, very quickly, you know? And they're saying to you, yeah, you know, we're doing great this year. And it's like, well, of course, every entrepreneur is having the greatest year yet, aren't they? They're, you know, everything's great, everything's wonderful. Why are we talking then? You know, why are we talking, you know? And, and so you start to feel people out, you have your criteria, and you start to realize what they're missing. And you, you look at their business and you start to analyze it from an, a shareholder investor perspective. So you have kind of a due diligence checklist that you would encourage people to go through. Is that something you help show people? Like how yeah. do people figure that stuff out? Can they go look at it somewhere? Like what do they do? How does, how does that happen? Absolutely. Firstly, we have an entire process. So essentially what we've done now, we've, we've built ourselves. You know, we are a private equity group in essence now. Um, but, you know, obviously as an individual, I have my own individual perspective, but as a group of consortium, we, we operate as a private equity consortium. So we have like an entire process from A to Z that we take people. So we have our criteria. So if you don't match our criteria in that context, then we're probably not going to even. And so do you actually have like, like, like B team consortiums where you say, okay, this is not a Luke deal, but you know, Vinny likes table scraps. Let's send it over to Vinny's team. <laughs> they might like this. Do you do stuff like that? Well, I wouldn't consider any deal a table scrap. Um, I'm just playing with you a little bit. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I mean, there's going to be deals that are going to be more your bag and not mine, you know? Yep. Uh, I mean, by the way, you know, I talk to people and they're looking at, say, uh, rolling up, which is a, con a consolidation, acquire a grouping companies. Yep. And there's people who are looking at grouping accounting. But it's not your thing, right? Yeah. Not, nearly, not really my bag. Um, there's other things that really excite me and float my boat. And so I'll look at those deals and I'll say, you know, actually, we have. Um, uh, sector expertise within that area so we know already we either have someone in our consortium who's an expert in that space or we know people who are and so we can already think of CEOs we could bring in we can already see cool. teams that we can bring in we can see I mean for us it's looking at um, most people think in terms of geographic location like so and forgive me for saying this but but three I, I, years ago you didn't have any of this you had no consortium. You were a hired consultant. Mm -hmm. And in the matter of three years, you've come. And how long would you say, forget three years, at what point would you say people now look at you and you are a deal guy, not a consultant? When did that happen? 18 months, 12 months, 16 months? Truthfully, I was always a deal guy. I always saw opportunity. But you were disguised as a consultant, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, you know, what, I'm a deal I, guy. I own multiple companies. I yeah. got things, but I've never yeah. done this style of it. I haven't done acquisition, yeah. all that fun stuff. So, truthfully, I had, I actually did um, like an entrepreneurial personality test, wealth mm. dynamics. I did that three years ago, and I realized just something clicked into place, and I went, "Oh my goodness, that, that's why I, I, I see the opportunities, and and actually, I don't need to be the expert." I can find the other people who are really good at it and I, I know what to do to facilitate Excellent. these opportunities. Yep. So for me, some of my business partners are world-class. I mean that in all genuineness. They are world-class at putting together deals in certain contexts. Um, you know, and and they, they do much better than I. However, what I'm really good at is I'm really good at sourcing deals. So I can see the opportunity. I can see where there's a gap in the marketplace. And so for some of the major deals we're currently working on, I've done like in-depth research. So I've done that uh, market analysis. Like, I mean, really deep, obsessively deep. I'm cracking you, yeah. So, so I'm looking at all uh, international jurisdictions, locations. I'm looking at the US, the, the UK, Europe, India, the, you know, all over. And I'm thinking... What's your advice if someone likes this idea and they hear this is compelling and they want to mm -hmm. either, it doesn't matter, roll up, 
be leveraged with expertise, take advantage of marketplace opportunity, what would be your advice of a first step for someone to do? Look, I mean, I, I, I've got content and stuff I put out. I mean, you could literally go and learn this yourself. And I, I was obsessive about it and I learned to myself. And I went and found the experts who actually had done it and fast-tracked my success. And so you can go do that same thing. I mean, for me personally, what I would suggest is, hey, you know, focus on what you're really good at and have someone like us come alongside you and help you. And that could be us or anyone else who does this. So how would that happen? Let's say like, you know, I'm really good at um, actually nothing, but let's just assume I'm good at something. And, uh, and so like, how would we come alongside you? How does that work? I mean, so for me, if you would come and you'd reach out to me, you know, you, first off, it would be saying, okay, the criteria that we would be looking at, and you know, it would be fair to tell you now, anyone who's listening, that we, we have a certain criteria. So if you don't meet this criteria, come back when you do, or, or find someone else who may be at a different level to where yep. we're at. So for us, you have to be doing multiple seven figures. You have to have a, a real business, something solid and sustainable. You have to have a management team. Yep. If this business relies on the individual, it's probably a little bit- Probably uh, the wrong fit, right? Yeah. You yep. probably need to gotcha. come back when you've outsourced yourself or you well i'm still in because nothing should be ever based on me because we want no. something that's successful all right cool all right so that's the first step i think next it's a case of saying okay well is anyone else doing this in your industry if, if in terms of just acquiring anyone can do that it doesn't you know there's not too much competition in terms of that so you could grow by one or two or three that's really what i would call you know bolt-on acquisition okay um and you could buy someone who is in your industry but not like uh Doing the exact same but let's, thing. But let's go back to a little bit more of the deal side of it. Like, you mm-hmm. know, because I suspect in our community, you know, 80% of the businesses in America are service-based businesses. So yep. there's going to be a lot of yeah, service-based yeah. consultant type people. So I'd like to stick down that line of thinking where we're like duplicating Luke's. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. So not the roll up guys. Those are all unique, right? There's mm-hmm. probably not a mass version of those, but how about the guy who brings expertise and can deal flow and take advantage of opportunities? What would you say would his, be his first step or her first step? So if you're a consultant yep. like you and I, and you have yep. that background, yep. then what you want to do is you, you're either taking a fee to help clients grow yep. or you're, you're getting a piece of the upside. Both, so right? Yep. The first thing you should be doing is saying, okay, um, you know, if you obviously have a really good, strong level of expertise where you know you can get someone results, then you need to really figure out how you can reposition your value so that you can get a piece of that upside. Um, I would suggest the game based on what I've learned. I mean, I made every mistake under the sun and I lost deals. I'm not going to lie. I lost a lot of deals because I just didn't understand how to communicate the value. I didn't know what to look for. Can I tell I you my favorite joke? Yeah. It's an actually not a joke. It's a true thing, at least here in America. Do you know what they call the banker who uh, never loses deals? No, go for fired. Because <laughs> he's not doing enough of them. That's probably why. That's right. He's not out there and, doing and so, enough of them. I mean, uh, look, bottom line is, yeah, you can learn by losing deals. But I would suggest is, you know, and I've got a couple of people that I'm mentoring through this, not because I actually have a, some big aspiration to have a coaching program on this because I don't. What I prefer to do is partner with people and and share in the upside with them and actually help build that thing out for them. Well, Luke, I'm going to tell you right now, my executive team of Fully Accountable wants in with you guys. So I'm looking forward to it. We have all kinds of fun stuff. So selfishly, I got you on the show because we're totally partnering up together. Now, (laughs) with all that said, what I heard you say is the first step that someone has to do is look differently when they present to somebody at the value proposition. Is that what I heard you yeah, say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, bottom line is you can't present as a consultant anymore. You need to start thinking and behaving like an investor. 
So, and the way that you do this, here's a quick, this is like gold dust if people get what I'm about to say. Okay, okay cool. Let's hear so, it. Let, let's look at the difference between an investor and a consultant. A consultant pitches businesses and business pitch investors. Mm. Let me say that again. A consultant will pitch a business owner on why they should work together, but you know, businesses often go to Shark Tank and they pitch investors. And that's the position that I now have. I'm an investor. So if you want to come and work with me, you better pitch me on why we would be a good choice to work with you and vice versa. And so when you start thinking like that and behaving like that, it's a very different dynamic because you're not looking to kind of prove yourself to them. They have to prove themselves to you because your time is valuable and it's in short supply. And if you're going to partner up and become you know, a shareholder in a company, you need to know that they're the right company to- So do you hybrid at all? In what sense? Do you actually at all allow your time to be purchased? Yeah, it's very expensive. But you still hybrid. You allow your time to be purchased. Um, no, I do. what I do is this. Yeah, hybrid is a good terminology. So we would do this. We would say, look, because our, our time is that valuable and because we are bringing an awful lot of um, uh, you know, expertise to the table yeah. that you couldn't do yourself, what we'll do is we need you to put some, some skin in the game as well, even though we're going to do like some equity on this or we're going to you know, acquire your company or what have you. Yep. And um, you know, if people aren't willing to do that, we'll say probably not for us then because yeah. there's plenty of other guys you can go work with, but we really need someone who's bought in because we're going we're gonna to rock your world, man, and you're going to see that. And, we, and we'll say, look- So now, because of that, would that mean you give up some reward if you're willing to cap some of the risk in a situation like that? I mean, we're, yeah, for sure. We're not, we're, we're going to be, we'll, we'll make a deal that works for everyone. So, yep. you know, nobody's going to enter a deal until they feel like, wow, that's, that's a, a win for everybody. Right. Yeah, I, I don't see any downside in us doing this deal. So we, we always work it like that. We're going to have a conversation tomorrow with someone in fact, and I've been talking to them for a while now. They're, he's a great, great guy and he's got a fantastic business, but we see like huge upside for him. And we know we just, it's not his fault. He's just not engineered that way. He could not do this without us. And so we're going to say, we're giving him the map and we're saying, look, for free, we're going to share, we've done our research. We'll show we you everything. Yeah. Go do it. When do you it. don't, come on back, we'll do it. Absolutely. But in order for us to do that, we have like phases, okay? Yep. So we have the, the opportunity assessment phase. Yeah. You know, so we need to assess this. That we're, you'll have some other joker out there who will charge you an awful lot of money and tell you you can do something, but they have no idea if you can do it. So first stage is the opportunity assessment. We've got to assess the landscape. It's a pretty big old world. Yeah, right. You've got to see if it's real, yeah. even this dream yeah. of what you want to do. Now, the clever thing is you can get paid for that, right? Because That's what we do. Yeah, so you get paid yeah. to assess so that you're not really yeah. burning a lot of time. You, you've found a way to hedge some of your obsessions. Yeah, we will say to people, we're not even breaking even on that stage, but you've got to put some skin in the game because we're putting an awful lot of skin in the right. game. And we're going to prove whether it's a great assessment or not so you don't have to go and screw up your time and energy cool. figuring out if it's not. So, yeah. So I like that. So you're not... You're not completely hunting blind. You're you're doing. Oh, um, you're getting paid to offer value to the business. Yeah, this is this is the private equity model that you know. At the end of the day, you have to be brutal because we're we're here to make money. At the end of the day, we love people and we're all about people. By the way, our model is this first and foremost. We bet on people uh, first and the business cool. model second because there's great, there's tons of great ideas. I knew I liked you, Luke. I believe in people over systems. I yeah, believe every time products every time because yep. smart people will overcome uh, insurmountable odds. Whereas you know someone who's a bit of a excuse my friend a douchebag will probably you know they might have a great business model or whatever but if they're not a great person of integrity they'll screw it up and they'll just right, so when you said you said two different things there right so i don't have to be smart to be a character of character integrity so is part of your smart because i you just said two different things there 
is one of your standards that they have to be nice at the equivalent of what you guys are expecting to be nice or like how, where does that work on because character and smart don't always have to be together right no i think that we look for all of it though and i do think you can have you can get you can have what you want in life you just gotta have to you gotta have okay, but i just want to make sure for our people you yeah. said we gotta be smart and then you threw in character well those aren't necessarily the same thing right right i think that you do i personally that's the things i'm looking for cool. because you know, I need someone who's, they're going to be savvy anyway. If they've built For something. you, you got to want to do business with them. Absolutely. You've got to like them. You've got to be, you've got to be wowed by them. You've got to be like, wow, this guy's brilliant. But they're also really genuine and down to earth and honest. And I like him. I feel like I could trust them with my kids, you know, like. Oh, I might be out. Gosh. <laughs> I didn't want to say right. anything. But, Sorry. Um, All right, cool. Yeah, it's good. All right. I like it. All right. That makes sense. So if someone wanted to connect with you and this is really impacting them and they really want to learn more, like what would be the way they would start to learn more and, and, and get started in this process? Okay, listen. So the first thing is, uh, you know, based on our very basic criteria I just disclosed, you know, multiple yep. seven-figure business, something pretty unique in that space. No, no, no. I'm sorry. They actually think they could be like you. And they yeah. want to learn how to be more like you. And I don't, I don't know, again, I don't know what that necessarily, is that that criteria you're talking about? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think it, whether being a consultant, I mean, if you're doing great things and you know that you, you're, you're helping people, you know, achieve exceptional results, then you should probably. Like, be, like, like, like I'll tell you, Luke, we see deal flow all the time. Yeah. I mean, it comes out our ears. Yeah. And sometimes we have to close the shingle on consulting, but I'm like, wait a minute. Why aren't we looking at these deals like Luke's looking at these deals? Yeah, we'd have a yeah. massive portfolio if we looked at this this way. Think about it this way, Vinny. And I, I'm not sure how much time we've got left, so I'll try and make it nice yeah. and con concise here. So essentially, you know, to in order to grow like a consulting style business, you you know, you obviously need to charge more or have more cl um, clients, right? Okay. And obviously, lots of people doing this whole group coaching thing and all this, all all this, yeah, crazy. yeah, all this stuff that gets a little messy. Yeah. Here's the thing for me: if you're actually invested in the business, you don't need more clients. You just the more that business scales, the more your revenue scales. It's kind of a no-brainer because if you're adding value to it and really scaling this bad boy, then you're not just taking a fee anymore. You're taking, you're, you've got all that upside that you're, you're invested in. So you don't, in order to grow a really successful consultant business, you, you can actually work with far less and have a lot more. Far less stress, far less competition, far less kind of noise and, and interference, and you can be building something great and actually having quality over quantity. So that's how it works on the consultant side. So if someone who is doing that wants me to help them to implement that, come and reach out lukehavard.com or just hit me up on LinkedIn. If someone has a, a fantastic business that they believe that they can scale and they know that they've got a great intellectual product suite where they can actually help someone else do the same thing that they've achieved, hey, come and reach out. We'll see if you're a fit for us. And if you're not, we will actually signpost you to others who are. We, we know plenty of great well people. that's what you do I mean, it's like the axiom of get you connected right so that's cool right. love it alright Luke so here we are we're getting near the end of landing gear time what is the one piece of advice you would give to somebody <laughs> right now with this in mind not what's what's listen if you hear nothing else from me guys and you hang up and you don't connect with Luke again go do this yeah just go buy a business like go and try and buy a business because here's the thing. Everyone's got all this BS about how difficult it is and how they can't do it. You can do anything you want in this world. Uh, I absolutely 100% believe that. If you're talented, if you're smart, if you're gifted, go and do it. Just you can start making excuses and off, make someone an offer they can't refuse, you know? Even if you're broke. <laughs> Especially if you're broke. What have you got to lose? <laughs>
<laughs> I love that. All right, Luke, um, what can uh, we help you with? You know what, I think, uh, here's the thing, here's what I always believe, and I do the same, I know you do the same, is that if there's an opportunity where you think that would be perfect for Luke, pass them our way, you know? Uh, and we always, here, what we always do, we, we never take anything for free. If there's something that comes our way that we can actually do something with, we, we make sure our partners are compensated. That's how we do That's it. the axiom of your model, right? That's so how it's, we do Yeah, that's how you do yeah. business. I love that. Yeah. So what's, what's, what's a piece of advice you tell someone not to do? Um, I, I think here's the thing. The moment it becomes self-serving, the moment, and we can all do this. We're all selfish in, inherently, I believe. Well, We've all got it. I mean, I mean yeah, yeah. Danny, come on. Probably um, me the most. Yeah, let's go ahead. What, you know, we've all got that in us. And I right. think that the moment where we think, you know, it's, and you start to make it all about you, you the, the deal's going to die. The moment you really genuinely can make it look so good for the other side that they're just like, <laughs> no brainer. Yeah. It's no brainer. You, you're going to be fine. But I, I've seen people do this. I've seen people get greedy. They've just got off, you know, they've just been offered 50% of a, out of an amazing business and they're looking for 80 and they, the deal goes dead because the person's like, no way, no way, man. I've, I've put all my years and, um, uh, blood, sweat and tears into this and you're trying to like take everything here. And so it, unless that business, unless that deal kind of warrants that and they're happy with that, you know, you just got to be, you got to check yourself really and think, hang on a minute, this is not about the other person. This is, I'm, I'm being selfish. You know what I thought your advice was going to be, Luke, was be okay with walking away with something too. I, absolutely. I, I got to be honest. That's another thing I would say to it, just to quickly put this in, in perspective. It's like this in a consulting context too. If, if something's going to be a whole lot of trouble and you really know you can't actually get the result in it, walk away no matter, no matter how good it might be. If you get that gut feeling this is going to go south, just walk before it does. Well, you know, it's funny. I mean, I say this and my wife doesn't like it, but if I feel like I'm, I need to be someone's savior, if I have to be Jesus for them, there's something wrong with this deal. Yeah. Absolutely, because they're going to blame you when it doesn't go well either. You they're know, going to in both down. directions. They're going to find a way to deal with you in either way, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that's a being a savior. There's only one who got that privilege. So being that is a tough gig, right? Mm -hmm. So that's another reason to walk away from them, right? Yep. Yeah, for sure. You, I mean, if the, if the business is in that much trouble and they're the one that's kind of almost hanging on to you for like, yeah, they're going to be doing that all the time. It's a, yeah. it's kind of a sign of the end, really. And you've had a few of those in your, in your walk, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, a, it's funny when people, want to get, when, when people are really, really eager to do it. You're like, hang on a minute. The alarm bells are going off. They're not even yeah. resisting here. Hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. Why are they so eager to just give up? Yeah, this is, looks like a little bit like a creepy date. Yeah, that's right. First day yeah. we're talking about getting married and having kids. Yeah. It's a little creepy, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Find a window to jump out of. Um, <laughs> All right, Luke, we're at the end, buddy. LukeHavard.com, everybody. It's where you go find him. Luke, this has been great, man. Oh, it's been a privilege, man. I hope that uh, people have been inspired and uh, look forward to, to chatting with your audience at some point. Everybody, listen, if you heard what he talked about today, you bring a ton of value. You're built uniquely with whatever it is you do. You need to first see that. You have value you offer. And if you are coming at people diminished or you don't see that, I'd encourage you to stop and focus on that before you start jumping in all these things. And then the other thing Luke told you, which I loved, go out and try it. You will find out so much about yourself. Maybe yeah. it will be great, but you'll find out things. So I double dog dare you to go try and buy a business. <laughs> Luke, thanks for being on the show today, brother. Yeah, thanks, man. God bless.